the Successful Working Parents Podcast, the podcast where we talk to successful working parents. Go figure. Today, my guest is Communications Director of KPMG. She is the host of the Fit to Lead Podcast. She is the author of Flab to Fab in Eight Weeks, The Busy Mom's Guide to a Leaner Body and Healthy Eating. Ladies and gentlemen, Allison Jackson. Allison, thank, you thank you so much for having me. Of course, of course. So I want to talk to you about a few things today. Before we get too into the weeds, I'd love to just have you introduce yourself really quickly. So maybe we just quick background on, on your career first. Sure. So I have spent my entire career in corporate communications, started my career uh, at MetLife as a copywriter in the marketing department and quickly realized I loved uh, employee communications. So that's really where I've spent the bulk of my career. I've been quite the brand snob. So MetLife, uh, Champion Mortgage, Verizon, Hertz Rent-A-Car, uh, and now KPMG. And tell us a little bit more about your, your home and family life. Yeah, so I am happily married, uh, coming up on 22 years, and Congrats. I have a, thank you, a 19-year-old son who is just finishing up his freshman year at UConn, and a 16-year-old daughter who has just started driving, so uh, kept very busy. It's funny, you know, you think you're busy with toddlers and teenagers bring a whole new set of uh, <laughs> of busyness. Yeah. How are you in the car as a passenger? Is it My mom, actually, I never was able to drive with her, unfortunately. Yeah, that's how my husband is. He's like, okay. uh, I, I'm, I'm a little bit more relaxed, um, but still very stressful. <laughs> that's great. I'm curious, how, do you feel like your, your skills in, in communications, your skill set in your career has helped you at all as a parent? Um, it's funny. I think my husband and kids would disagree, but I think it has. Um, it's funny, I, even just negotiating and, and, and coaching them and um, trying to explain things, I definitely think that the communications experience and background has helped. How about the other way? Has your experience as, as a mother over the last uh, 19 years or so helped your communications career? <laughs> It definitely has. If it's taught me anything, it's taught me time management and patience. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's funny. Communicating with leadership, I'd say, is very much like communicating with uh, your family for sure. Yeah. I mean, managing up is essentially the same as uh, working with your family, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's actually a good idea for a book. We should, we should talk about that later. Um, yeah. I love that idea. Yeah. So speaking of books, you did write the book on healthy moms and our busy working moms becoming healthier. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. I know you work as a, a health and fitness coach. So tell us a little bit more about your practice and, and what you do. Yeah. So it's funny. I always say that um, my, my coaching found me. So I started competing in bodybuilding back in 2012. Uh, just finished my last show about two years ago and decided to retire. But during that time, um, as I was prepping, people are like, you know, what are you eating? How are you working out? Um, and so started coaching and from there, you know, had a blog, the website, and then really just kind of took everything that I was teaching folks and what I was, you know, writing on my blog and put it into a book. So it's essentially kind of my eight week program outlined in a book. And it's, it's about, you know, helping busy moms understand meal prep, um, is going to reduce the amount of stress you have in your life. And you'll, you'll be able to prepare healthy meals for you and your family, um, and then things like just tracking your food, trying to get enough steps and looking at your schedule and really building your movement and nutrition plan around that and around the kids' sports schedules and your meetings and all that other stuff that pops up. Yeah. I mean, just doing the quick math here, it looks like you probably had a, a nine-year-old and a six-year-old when you first got into bodybuilding, right? So I yes. assume that was hard. 
Yeah, yeah, it was definitely hard. It was, um, again, goes back to, I think, time management and really prioritizing. So I know a lot of people struggle with getting up early to work out, but I love the fact that I could do that while everyone was still asleep and it didn't really impact my interaction and support of them and, and what they needed. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, and they were very supportive. My husband and the kids were all very supportive of, of the shows and how I had to diet and be very strict and, and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I have never done a bodybuilding competition, but I do try to work out pretty regularly. I know sleep is so important. I guess at that point, you probably were back to getting regular sleep, right? Your kids are sleeping normally at that point. So I, I what, you know, was that a, a challenge as well, as far as getting enough sleep and, and recovery? Yeah. Uh, sleep was definitely an issue. So I would get up really early and it's funny because I used to wear like a badge of honor, like, Oh, I'm going to the gym at four 30 in the morning. I'd be in bed by eight 30. And that was, a, it's still the running joke in my family, how early I go to bed, but I never realized how you really need a quality full night's sleep to uh, function optimally. Um, because now I realize, you know, obviously I still wake up early and work out, but I just, my sleep is much different. I'm not getting up at four 30. I'm getting up at like five 30, six 30, but sleep is so important. It really needs to be a part of your workout plan, like building in that rest and recovery. Do you have any go-to tips for people that need to get a better night's sleep? Other yeah, than just going, um, to bed, going to bed. Num- number one is to go to bed and wake up the same time every day weekends, weekdays. I know it's a little bit harder on the weekends, especially if you like to go out and, and like, you know, have dinner and stay out a little bit later, but that's just going to make it so much easier to get up naturally. And it's not, you know, you're hitting snooze like five or six times struggling to get out of bed. This was a, a huge realization for me and something I just couldn't do in my twenties, just with the, my lifestyle. Yes. Um, but once I was able to, you know, settle down and, you know, when I started dating my wife and we just weren't going out in the same way, Going to bed and waking up on that Friday night into Saturday and Saturday into Sunday at a similar time. Like I get, I get up at six thirty every day, and it's made a huge difference. Oh yeah, and I agree that in your twenties, it's like you don't really realize. You know, you, you wish you knew you then what you know now. But um, plus, too, with I know with kids, they they're like they're so routine oriented. So once you get them in a routine and get yourself into a routine, it's going to make everything just operate more effectively. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit more about the the people that you advise. What are some of the strategies for busy working moms to to fit health and nutrition in, into their day? Yeah. So um, it's funny. I always say you either make it a priority or an excuse, right? Because we all get the same 24 hours. But what I tell busy moms is you either you spend your time or your money. So you're either going to spend your time shopping and meal prepping and, and cutting up the food and, and figuring out your plan for the week, or there's lots of options to, you know, use HelloFresh or Hungry Root or lot, there's lots of different meal prep services now. Um, so it really depends on how much time and effort you have to dedicate. But it really, I think people overcomplicate it. It's literally a matter of making your plan for the week. I always say dinner's the hardest, especially with little kids. Um, plan and to get them involved. Ask them what they what's their favorite meal for dinner. Plan the week, then you shop to that. And when we say meal prep, it's not about cooking and having every meal ready. It's about just having it where you could just grab it and throw it in the oven. So maybe it's like sheet pan chicken fajitas. So you have the sheet pan ready and you just throw it in the oven. Um, anything to reduce the amount of stress you have during the week is just going to make it so much easier. Yeah, love that. So when you're actually doing bodybuilding, I assume you had to be a little stricter. So I don't know if your kids were also eating boneless, skinless chicken breast and rice with you, but I think it's 
you have a little more wiggle room when you're just trying to eat healthy and not necessarily cut down to single digit body fat, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, for example, like, you know, if the family's having hamburgers, I would just take the hamburger and chop it up and put it over a salad. Um, so it was just taking whatever they were having and really modifying it. I tried not to force them to have, you know, the grilled chicken breast, broccoli and rice. Um, but they might have stir fry and I might just have it plain. So there are, there are ways to get around it. Do you find that it's the same, you know, the same strategy works for, for most women and most people you work with, or are there certain things that work for certain people and, and certain things that work for others? I think um, when it comes down to it, if you don't have any health issues or, or other concerns, it, it's it's calories in versus calories out. So I always tell folks, uh, track your food, know, know how much food you're eating, and then track your steps to know how much you know, you're working out, how much movement you're getting. And then it's really just you know, evaluating where you need to make change. And a lot of times people think, oh, I have to starve myself and eat 1200 calories, but it's really just making little changes. So, you know, don't put the cheese and mayo on that sandwich or um, look at how much sugar and milk you're putting into your coffee. It's those little tweaks that that you'll start to see changes with. You don't have to just do a whole overhaul and go keto or eat completely clean or eliminate all the carbs. Um, It's just little changes that really will make a difference. You know, I started getting into tracking my macros during kind of the beginning of COVID because I was just home and, and cooking more. Really broke my heart to see the the breakdown of peanut butter and and how little peanut butter is so many calories. It was just really a heartbreaking experience. Yes. And I think most people are also heartbroken to find out that it's not a source of protein, that it's really a fat source with a little bit of protein. Uh, but yeah, that avocado, anything high in fat, which tastes so good. Yeah. It's like you get a little, you only get a little dab for, before it jacks up your calories and macros. <laughs> yeah. For those of you listening, if you, if you love peanut butter and you don't want to be upset about it, just don't, don't look into it too much. Just, just, just <laughs> eat it and enjoy it. Good advice. That's definitely good yeah. advice. So tell us a little bit more about your, your practice, how you're able to, we talked already about you, you have a career in communications and you also have this practice on the side. So tell us a little bit more about how you actually juggle that. Yeah. So it's about fitting in those little, those little pieces throughout the day. Right. So, so for me, obviously my priority is my family, then it's work, then it's my business. So I usually try to do my business outside of, obviously outside of work hours. So before work, lunchtime, after work, weekends, finding just little pockets of time, um, you know, instead of surfing, surfing the internet or binge binging uh, Netflix, it's really uh, taking that time and dedicating it towards the business, whether that's coming up with content and marketing, coaching clients, um, those sort of things. Tell me more about that. So is it, is it mostly either being one-on-one with a customer with a client or creating content? Like what are some of the, the things that you're doing? Yeah. So, so I have a, a monthly and weekly newsletter. So there's creating content for that. Um, I do have a virtual assistant that helps me post to social media. So I highly recommend if you are working full time and, you know, having a business, get help. Um, it's hard to, to be a, a one woman or one man show and do it all yourself. Um, I have a podcast that, uh, comes out weekly. Um, and then again, I do one-on-one coaching. I do group coaching. I also do a lot of public speaking. So, um, retreats and for corporations and stuff around, uh, how to focus on your wellness. Which of those channels would you say brings you the most clients? Uh, I would say I probably get the most clients from social media and referrals. Do you find that the podcast has helped you consider that part of your social media presence, the podcast, or is that a different channel? 
I do because I, I promote it throughout all my social media platforms. And it is a great, it's funny, it's a great way to just meet cool people like you. I love being able to kind of connect with people. It's a great door opener, you know? So yeah, it's it's just an awesome way to kind of network, meet people, learn about different topics that you're interested in. Is this something that you had to set expectations with with work or your career? Or is this something that you just made it clear you do it outside of work or do they know? So yeah, so they know I had to fill out all kinds of paperwork, get vetted, uh, make sure there's oh, a, a conflict of interest, sign oh, wow. things that say I'm not doing work, you know, not doing business stuff during work. Um, so yeah, I'm fully sanctioned and, and they're well aware that um, I have a little side business, but I also try to bring that to work. So a lot of the speaking engagements are work functions, client events, um, uh, lunch and learns. Um, I lead like meditation, I've led yoga sessions. So they really benefit from what I'm doing, you know, as my little passion side hustle, um, which I love. And that, that's one of the reasons that I've, I've been there for so long is that they let me do that. Yeah. I can imagine with like a, a, a larger company that's a little, probably a little more formal, has some things in place. You probably have to just clear it a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and as a big four, they're very risk adverse as all, all of the big four is. Um, so they just want to make sure they cross their T's and dot their I's. I imagine that you're probably pretty good with the written word and, and just with creating content with a background in communications. Has that been like a pretty natural progression for you? Yeah, it's funny. The only, the only, I don't want to say struggle, but so when I write for corporate, I'm writing in a, a very obviously corporate voice. A lot of times I'm writing for executives. And when I'm writing for social media, it's much more casual, conversational. Um, you're speaking to a different audience. So it's really kind of changing the tone. Um, that's probably been the biggest struggle and learning to be vulnerable on social media. I think that's, that's a great way to connect with people and, and be relatable. Uh, so that's been hard too, because I am so used to being more kind of corporate formal. Yeah. So you can kind of like show another side of yourself or try to, yeah. I guess. Right. Totally. Yeah. Has that been, has that been tough? It has, it has. Yeah. Yeah. So I've had several business coaches. I actually have a coach right now helping me like with the storytelling and with kind of being more vulnerable and what does that look like on social media and how do you write that way? Um, which has been really helpful. It's actually really interesting. What's something you learned about how to just be more vulnerable and put yourself out there more? Really telling stories. So telling personal stories that people may not know or have not seen, um, with like, for me, like I've always struggled with my weight. I think people, think that I've always been thin or naturally thin. And it's something I struggled with since I was in my preteens. Um, so sh sharing stories of, you know, I've gone from when I was like 11 and 12 covering up in a bathing suit, like I always wore a t-shirt when I swam in the pool to getting on stage in a bikini and high heels and competing in bodybuilding. Um, you know, people are like, oh, you're so intimidating. I'm like, yeah, but it wasn't always that way. I was, you know, I, I struggled too. Yeah, I, I'm sure everybody struggles with that. I certainly have struggled with just putting yourself out there in different ways and just sort of exposing yourself. And it's been helpful for me to think just, you know, no, everybody's thinking about themselves, really. I found that that's, that's been helpful as well. Like no one's really cares that much as much as you do for sure. Yes. It's so funny you say that. I think I, I posted that not that long ago. Like you think about yourself way more than everybody else does. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Certainly that's the case for me. Um, <laughs> tell me a little bit more about just like the way fitness has had an impact on your life. How has it helped you kind of show up at work, show up for your family? I always say I'm a lifelong fitness enthusiast. I used to, um, you know, lift weights on my dad's work, weight bench in our unfinished basement. I played field hockey in high school and college. 
I always love trying like triathlons, marathons, like any sport, uh, just to kind of test and see what my body could do. Um, and then with bodybuilding, it was a bucket list item that all of a sudden I got the bug and got hooked. It just kept coming back to it. And it really helped skyrocket my confidence at work. Um, it really helped me realize like you could do anything you put your mind to. I know it sounds so cliche, but I was like, I can do this. Right. It's, but it's true though. It's like when you have accomplishments like that, whether, you know, anything, anything you kind of, you know, climbing mountains, jumping out of airplanes, um, it's just, it it skyrockets your confidence. What have you seen from some, some of your clients? Do they come to you with similar goals or they have all kinds of different goals? Like what are some of the results that you've seen and, and some of the things that they're looking to do? Yeah. So, um, a lot of my clients come to me for weight loss. I don't, I don't coach competitors cause I, I would never be able to coach myself. Like I just, I feel like that takes a special coach. Um, but I really just help women that are stressed out. Maybe they, they used to be fit and just kind of got out of shape. Um, maybe they have 10 or 20 pounds to lose and they just don't know where to start. And there's just so much information and every week there's a new diet of the week. Um, just helping educate them. That is what I think I love the most is just helping uh, women realize what what is in food like we said about the peanut butter right helping them understand like what it, what's in the food you're eating and, ha- and and portions and and that sort of thing so um and obviously helping them reach their goals of maybe it's lowering their blood sugar maybe it's lowering their cholesterol but you know if weight loss is the goal that's usually the way you're going to get those other health benefits yeah the tragic tragic peanut butter lesson that we all have to learn eventually <laughs> so true when it comes to your practice, kind of building the side business, what has been the most the most interesting dynamic between juggling all that with your family life? Like, have you had to kind of like set certain boundaries with with your kids and your husband to do things at certain times, or have they just have, have they pitched in with you? When the kids were younger, I used to try to pull them into everything. So I used to do a lot of like um, I was selling these protein snacks, so I'd take them to like fairs with me, and we'd get a table, and I I'd put them to work. They were wearing my t shirts and stuff. Um, they've always been very supportive. And it's funny because I'll be like, I'm recording a podcast or I'm doing, you know, coaching a client at a client call. And they're just like, yeah, like they, it, to them, it's like just a part of our family life. Like they, I don't think they see any different. It's been so integrated. Um, I started, I officially launched the business in 2016. So you figure that's been seven years to your point. My kids have kind of grown up with this as part of their lives. What's the, the vision for the future for you? Do you see growing this practice in a, in a larger way? Do you have, like, kind of what's your goals for the next couple of years? Just evaluating that now, like, where do I want to go? What do I want to do? Um, and le- really leaning into the things that I enjoy the most. So I would say the coaching, the one-on-one coaching I enjoy the most, um, the presentations, looking at really kind of leaning into that more and and doing less of what I don't like, you know, like trying to get rid of the administrative stuff because it eats you alive. Um, always trying to improve processes and be more efficient and all that stuff. Um, and, and social media, it's like I said, where I get most of my clients, but it's a, it's, it's a drain, right? Cause it's like, you are constantly, it's a treadmill that you're constantly putting out stuff. So even looking at that, like, are there other ways to, um, get out in front of, of potential clients other than social media? I mean, people had businesses before the internet, right? <laughs> There's gotta That's be true. other ways. <laughs> Yeah, they did. Yellow pages, maybe. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Going old school. Tell me a little bit more about your social media experiences. I mean, do you is this struggle around just getting kind of sucked in sometimes and, and then it's a time suck or is it you know, also just dealing with 
negative comments and stuff like that, a little both? I think it's um, trying to be everywhere all the time. So, you know, I started out on Facebook. Um, then, then, you know, Instagram popped onto the scene. That was all the rage. Um, I realized my ideal clients on LinkedIn. So then leaning into LinkedIn, uh, everyone's like, oh, YouTube, oh, Pinterest. It's like that shiny object syndrome, right? And it's, it's like whack-a-mole trying to be everywhere. So what I've been trying to do is really take a piece of content, whether it's the podcast or I do like Fit Tip Friday videos and just repurposing that content like across the platforms and really um, instead of feeling like you have to constantly generate content, like just repurpose it and reuse it. Because what do they say? You have to see something like seven times before it resonates with you. What about TikTok? Are you on there yet? Um, My kids will not let me on TikTok, although they continue (laughs) to send me videos. (laughs) I feel like I'm missing out. What a bottleneck to the business, you know? I know. And then I'm like, wow. are my clients really on TikTok? And then I talk to I talk to people. And they're like, well, I just watch videos. I get in and get out. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I, I think you'd be surprised now. I think in the last, it's, the, the demographics definitely shifted in the last couple of years. Are you big? Are you a big TikToker? Uh, I mean, I I like to say no. It's certainly <laughs> talking about the time suck. I have to kind of like set a timer because it just it, you could just get you can scroll endlessly and it's it's just not good for you. So. Yeah, yeah. It, it has I some entertainment, and I and I do learn stuff from it. You know, it, it curates it really well. Like I do see a lot of fitness stuff on my page, and so um, interesting. I might have to. Yeah, I might have to not tell my kids and and get in on that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you know, maybe your daughter will run it for you, and she'll be she'll approve of that that way. That would be beautiful. Is there anything else that you wanted to share about just the way you've been able to build your your side hustle while you know having a successful career and and busy, being a busy mother? I think that's. Something that a lot of people think about, I mean, I certainly have as well, just doing the corporate thing too. People always think about how can they build a side hustle? How can they create something else on the side and side income? Love to hear anything else you have to say about that. Definitely test it out. Like the way I started was I just started coaching. You know, I put, I put it out there like, Hey, I'm doing coaching. I started at a really low, you know, low cost just to get the testimonials, to get the the change in people, you know, get the, the results. Um, so I would say start, you know, start there. If you have an idea or you're thinking about it, just do it. Like, don't wait. I mean, the time's going to pass anyway, and then you're going to kick yourself for not doing it. And then I would say, just be open with everyone that's involved, whether it is your family, your employer, um, get everyone on board and, and get them, get them involved. Cause then they'll, they're going to be vested in it. They're going to be cheering you on and, and wanting to help. I keep telling, asking my kids, just be my social media manager and just take over. that's at the point where they're like no mom um but i would say you know as much as you could get them involved do it and um and then again just prioritize prioritize your time and definitely take time for yourself that was one thing i i felt like i started to get burnt out because i was you know i'd be you know you work sometimes you have crazy days at work and then you're trying to do your business stuff um making sure you carve out space for to manage your energy and that there's some some space and time there yeah, I like what you said about just starting. I think that's definitely something I've had a hard time with in the past, and I, I know other people struggle with that too. Do you? Do you? Can you remember like how much time? Looking back, like how much time do you think you wasted from when you should have just started to when you finally did? So much, so much time, and then you feel like, yeah. am I doing it right? And you're like hiring all different coaches and reading all different books, and you get analysis paralysis, and that's yeah. like the biggest thing. Like, just take action, take sloppy action. Yeah. It's just progress, yeah. not perfection, right? Done, done is what do they say? Um, thinking about it, it's like the enemy of done or whatever. Um, yeah, I said just just do it, try it, and just make mistakes along the way. Like there is no perfect way to do it all. That's great. I think that's really important. Yeah, and you don't need a website. Like you could literally get started as simple as like 
on Instagram or on Facebook or with some with Google links, Google, like half my business is all on Google. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in kind of that those early days, because I think, you know, people listening that haven't gotten there yet, like, what are you doing the first month? Like, what kind of were the really the first steps? I said, I, if I started over, the first thing I would start doing is um, starting an email list. And there's a lot of different ways you could do that. Like, they always talk about, um, you know, having like a freebie, like something like, like value added information. So for me, I have a get lean in 30 guide. And it's just like kind of an eating plan and guide for 30 days, if you just need help with your nutrition. So uh, people enter their email and they get that for free and you start building an email list because what happens is you don't know what's going to happen. You know, the algorithms change. You don't know what's going to happen with Facebook or what's happening with Twitter, with the, the social media platforms. You definitely want to have, they call it own, your owned real estate. So your email list is, is your people. Um, and then I would say, you know, with Google docs and with Google, there's, and there's so many different, like easy, if you wanted a website that just have like a storefront, there's so many easy ways to do that with Wix and, um, there's so many options now than there was when I first started, but I would say just put it out there, the family and friends start charge a nominal fee, tr- you know, try out whether it's a service, if it's a product, um, I'm not as, obviously as well-versed in products, but obviously with, with Amazon and eBay and Facebook marketplace, there's a, there's a million things you could do with that. How, how, talk a little more about the, the book that you wrote. I, I guess you combined uh, some b- blog posts and then did you have somebody format it for you or how did you put that together? Yeah. So, um, I had an editor, so I took all the blog posts, I, I created chapters and then I wrote any of the, the sections that I was missing. I created a bunch of, of templates and different things. Um, but I did hire uh, an editor from Upwork. I hired a book cover designer from Upwork. Um, and they helped put it all together. And then I just uploaded it to Amazon through their KDP, like their self publishing platform. Um, and that was it. And then you create, you know, you have your ebook, you have your um, hardcover book. I have not done an audiobook, even though people are telling me you should do the audiobook. I'm like, okay. I don't know how many people are listening to a famous audiobook. Uh, <laughs> You'd be surprised. I've definitely you, listened to audiobooks where I'm like, I probably should have read this one, but I think, you know, fitness, <laughs> that could work. Yeah. All right. So maybe that that's going to put that, put that on my to do list. Um, and actually, speaking of to-do lists, that's another one is I a lot of times I feel like we have lists of things to do, but it's how impactful are they? So making sure when it comes to your business and even at work and family, like is your to-do list impactful or is it just things that you're doing to get done to be productive? Because I think it's that dopamine hit of checking the box or crossing it off the list. I like what you're talk, talking about, about the, um, the email list. I've heard that a few times where you can have a successful business on Instagram, but you never know when the algorithm is going to change or if the company is just you know, going to change something drastically. So having, having the emails is really important. How are you, how are you capturing emails? So right now I use a platform called Kajabi and it's expensive and it includes everything. Like you can host courses. It has email, it has your website, it has a shopping cart, like it has everything. That's why I love it. Cause it's like, I don't, I hate having like 10 different things. So um, my email list is in Kajabi. Gotcha. And then you're promoting that you're using, like you're pointing different lead magnets towards it. Yeah. So um, I have that uh, get lean guide. I have a link on my LinkedIn profile. I have it on my Instagram profile. And then uh, like sometimes I'll promote it on like my stories or um, I'll do a post and say, oh, do you need help with your nutrition? Grab this guide. Um, so trying to to grow that list all the time is super important. And that's then great. free trainings. Free trainings is another way to grow the list too. Yeah, that's great. 
Okay, I have a one final question for you. Um, we are expecting our first child in July. Oh, so congratulations! Thank you. What advice do you have for me? Oh, that's such a good one. Okay, and so some of it's going to probably sound familiar. It's going to be nap when they nap, and if they're crying, as long as they're fed and their diapers changed, most likely nothing is wrong. Sometimes they just okay. try to cry for stress. Great. How about any advice? My wife, you know, we just started our third trimester yesterday. So any advice about being a husband over the next three months? Oh, wait on her hand and foot. You have no idea what she's going through. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good one. Yeah. Rub her feet, rub her back. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's, I'm sure she's yeah. listening. It's so like, it's like someone else takes over your body and you're just like, sure. I just want my body back. Yeah. Okay. That's very helpful. Thank you. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, again, I appreciate your time today. Anything you want to plug? Where can people connect with you? Where can people find out more about you? Yeah. So uh, you can visit my website. It's www.allisonjacksonfitness.com. Connect with me on LinkedIn, on Instagram. Um, I would love that. And I am actually getting ready to launch a new course. So coming soon, I'm doing a free training. So definitely visit the website and sign up. All right. Allison Jackson, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.